I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, com- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following... The following... The following journey into comics. Journey into comics. The journey into comics. The journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, hey, this is Josh Richmond, and you are listening to the Voice of Survival podcast, exclusively on the Journey into Comics Network. gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the voice of survival podcast it's season two episode 16 as the introduction said i am your host nate today i am going to be taking on another deep heavy hard hitting tackling subject of doom that nobody wants to discuss and that is guns and gun control and gun laws and a wide array of things that spawn from this, right? So if you're if you're an American citizen right now in any of the 50 states, you know that we have the most mass shootings in the world, hands down. And sure, you could argue we have the most people, probably don't. I'm pretty sure China beats us, but whatever. Uh, but we have a lot of people. But thing is, is that we have the most mass shootings in the world. In per, by country, country by country, and I think that the next closest country only has like seven or something. And and we're gonna get into the statistics and things and talking about all that here in the minimum in the show. But you know, recently we had the uh, Dayton shooting and the El Paso, Texas shooting. Uh, both those things were deeply disturbing and uh, seemed to be filled with hate. And that's one thing you notice. A lot. And it's interesting to note that maybe sometimes the mainstream media does cover these things. Sometimes they don't, though. That nine times out of ten, these are white males who are acting out of a multitude of ranges. And, you know, you could be a guy right now listening to the podcast who's had crazy thoughts in your head about doing stupid things like that. And I'm telling you, man, it's not worth it. Like, don't. It's not helping anybody to believe that we as humans can't all work together. Because if we all as humans band together, we can achieve our goals. And I mean really, like globally, 
making our world a better place, right? So, you know, we 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 it was really weird because the El Paso shooting happened I think on a on a early Friday and then I think Saturday was the Dayton shooting. And we drove through Dayton during the day of of the shooting, like during the early afternoon and just on our way home. And it was really like weird because we had just recently played there back in May. And we're playing there sometime later this year. So I, you know, it was just like, cool, drive by, whatever. And then to hear that news was just like, holy shit, we were, I mean, that's a place we actually were in this, this, this day, you know, and it's not always often like, sure, there's a lots of shootings in Chicago and I'm certain that there have probably been shootings while we were in that city of some sort, nothing of this capacity though, you know? And, you know, it's weird because there's a lot of different things that the media and whatnot will put out there and portray. Some people will say things like, it's mental health. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Some people will say things like, it's gun, uh, or it's, it's, it's the lack of gun laws. And maybe it is. And maybe it isn't. And there, you know, people will also say things like, it, it could be video games that are causing it. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We're going to get into all that today and... Um, I just thought it was a really good topic to dive into this week. You know, I have been hitting it heavy. I've been not really holding back and just giving you guys little pieces of myself as I take this drink break brought to you. It's interesting to drink fucking water, by the way, when you're getting ready to do a drink break salute to bruise Cha-cha. with dudes. Oh, that was delicious. Listen to Brews with Dudes tomorrow on uh, the Journey into Comics Network. You can get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network on all those different platforms. Also go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Uh, give us a $1 holla for early access and exclusive content. Your $1 helps to fuel our dreams and domination. We need you. And lastly... If you happen to be in the Louisville, Kentucky area, a couple things to keep in mind. One, Walk Among Us is going to be playing in your town very, very soon. But also, really cool to note, you've got some amazing comedians coming up. Make sure to check out any of the ads that might pop up throughout our show talking about that. Um, But that's all I'm going to talk about there. Let's get back into gun reform and whatnot. So... Let's just get right into this thing first and foremost by looking at the at the stats of gun violence in America. I'm currently on everytownresearch.org. And here's what I am learning. Gun deaths by intent average per year 36,383. That breaks down to 12,830 homicides, 22,274 suicides, uh, 487 unintentional deaths, 496, which this category is believed to be underreported and is likely being misclassified as homicides. The Washington Post database is widely estimated that 
986 civilians are fatally shot by the police in an average year, twice as many as recorded by the CDC. So this next stat is with that note. Uh, shootings by law enforcement, 496. We just heard that it possibly could be double that. And then uh, 295 that are undetermined in a year. Okay, so then let's look at gun injuries by intent to. I guess there are two different scenarios here. Assaults. Uh, oh, gun injuries, not gun deaths. So gun injuries, assaults, 76,258. 18,362 are unintentional. 4,149 are self-harm, which is a very sad statistic as well. And 1,350 are shootings by law enforcement. That is still a very high number. Now, we're not talking about the suicide stuff right now, even though that is very sad. Maybe one day we will tackle that on this show. We are talking about gun homicides, and we're talking about things that happen in our country. So here's another breakdown. Gun homicides, one-third of deaths are homicides, or one-third of gun deaths are homicides. The U.S. gun homicide rate is 25 times that of the of other high-income countries. Uh, access to gun increased the risk of death by homicide by two times. Gun homicides are concentrated in cities. Half of all gun homicides took place in just 127 cities, which represented nearly a quarter of the U.S. population. Within these cities, gun homicides are most prevalent in racially segregated neighborhoods with high rates of poverty. Black Americans represent the majority of gun homicide victims. Note, victims. In fact, black Americans are 10 times more likely than white Americans to die by gun homicide. All right. Here's an alarming statistic again for you. These are these are I'm just building up statistics and giving you guys a little bit of a insight to what really is going on and why it's important to me that we're talking about this. I know, listen, I have friends on both sides of it and I haven't revealed yet how I feel and I'm just going to give you guys the facts first and foremost. First and foremost. So firearms are the second leading cause of death for American children and teens and the first leading cause of death for black children and teens. Nearly 1,700 children and teens die by gun homicides every year. For children under the age of 13, these gun homicides most frequently occur in the home and are often connected to domestic or family violence, meaning if you're under 13, you're more likely to die by a, a parental dispute-type uh, uh, murder-type situation than you are to like die in a school, which is... Still awful to even have to say. Uh, black children and teens are 14 times more likely than white children and teens of the same age to die by gun violence. That's, again, very dark and disturbing. Um, here's another one. Domestic violence. So this is gun violence between spouse. Women in the U.S. are 21 times more likely to be killed with a gun than women in other high-income countries. In an average month, 52 American women are shot to death by an intimate partner, and many more are injured. Nearly 1 million women alive today have been shot or shot at by an intimate partner. Think about that. That's awful. Approximately 4.5 million American women alive today have been threatened with a gun by an intimate partner. Access to a gun. Let's just go back a second. 4.5 million American women. That's a very, very high number. That is a very large statistic. Have been threatened with a gun by an intimate partner. Men, we have to fucking be better. I keep saying it. 
we cannot be so callous and think that we have to be tough to this world. Embrace this world with love and light and, and just let it continue to fuel you. I think that's a very important thing to remember. Access to a gun in a domestic violence situation makes it five times more likely that a woman will be killed. And black women are twice as likely to be fatally shot by an intimate partner compared to a white woman. So go back one on both of these. I'm going to kind of cover these for a second. So one thing I want to note is I know I have a temper. So I don't own a gun because I'm aware of my temper, I guess. And and not to say that I am an irrational person who has done irrational things or who has not done irrational things or thought irrationally, but just the idea of having a weapon is like, it's a coward's way to even think that way. And I would much rather like, you know what, not having a weapon, you know what we do in this household when any of us are arguing, we hash it out, we talk. We work through it. We might cry. We might laugh. Whatever. We get through it. That's the way to do it, you know? But let's go back to this other stat. Black women are twice as likely to be fatally shot by an intimate partner compared to white women. So of the 4.5 million American women, more of those are black women than any other race. That is, again, extremely unfortunate, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. And I need to actually remember that there's another... uh, a big uh, part of this that I want to discuss. So impact on Americans, 58% of American adults or someone they care for have experienced gun violence in their lifetime. Approximately 3 million American children witness gun violence every year. 3 million American children witness gun violence. What do you think that does to a kid? Traumatizes them, people. Okay. So there are, I mean... Every day, 100 Americans are killed with guns. Uh, and an average one, we already talked about that one. Um, yeah, it's crazy to just look at these. There are fact sheets and everything. It's it's insane. So um, we have all this gun violence. We've had five, uh, what was it, 251 or 250 mass shootings. Three or more people dying. This year alone in the United States of America, and we hear on both sides we need gun reform or we don't need gun reform. We hear on the sides that we, you know, we need to, some people think everyone's going to take everyone's guns, and I don't think that makes any fucking sense. If I'm sensible person, here's how I'm making laws and legislation involving weapons. First of all, every gun needs to be licensed. No questions asked. There are no more gun shows. That shit stops. Nunpois. You can't just hand guns and have them interact. It shows like that with no checks or anything. That is so dangerous. That just invites uh, error. It invites opportunity because these some of these people, you know, they know that that's the the way the system is even built. So they're like, oh, I'm not going to go to a, an official gun place. I'll just go to a trader show and and pick up a, a small piece there, you know. And then they're out in the world, man. That's a dangerous thing. There are more guns in America than Americans. That's a true stat. Look that shit up. That's fucked up. So here's the thing that gets me is that we need to not, if again, to keep talking about how I'd reform this all. So we definitely need to make sure that every gun is licensed. No questions asked, right? And, and any 
reasonable gun owner should literally look at this situation and think about it logically and go, wow, he has a real fucking point. So here's the thought, right? If every gun is licensed, oh, sure, you bad guys could still get guns. I understand that, right? You also are going to, here's a couple things. Ban assault weapons, offer a buyback program on assault weapons and other high caliber weaponry. Have the government offered at a high rate, okay? Literally, there, there's money getting pumped into the war on drugs. You turn some of that money over to this initiative to help do what? You're going to boost the and stimulate the economy as well with this. You're going to have a rush people be like, okay, I can have a gun or I can have a couple weapons, but I don't need 13 AK-27s or whatever the fuck they are. You know, I'm, I'm being ridiculous. Or AR-15s or whatnot, you know, assault rifles or automatic weapons or whatever. Like, you don't have to have all that. You just, you send it back to the government, they're going to burn it, get rid of it, whatever. And then you have money in your pocket. You can spend it on your family, on your friends. You put a smile on your face, right? So, buyback program, licensed all weapons, mandatory background checks for everyone who owns a gun. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you think you're above it, blah, 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 blah. If you're a good law-abiding human being, a background check should just be like, okay, whatever. If it's what I need to do to hold my weapon, sure. Okay. So you get the background check done as well. Everybody has to do it. If something flags you, you have to go through a process of court appeals to see if they're going to determine whether what you have done warrants you owning a weapon or warrants you being allowed to own a weapon or if they think that you're a high risk for violent crimes. And if they think you're a high, a high risk for violent crimes, you're going to be flagged. And then you are also going to then be monitored. Because you attempted to purchase a weapon, you, you know, maybe had a violent crime on your past record or what have you, they're going to monitor you. And then now you are, beep, 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 beep. You know, they're keeping their eye on everyone. And that's great. So then, and, and maybe it's not great. We'll get into security and personal whatever. I'm not saying to overly monitor. I'm just saying keep an eye on people. Keep checking to make sure they're not going to anything like gun shows. You know, have eyes and ears places. That's all you got to do. I mean, it's not that hard to send to a fucking every gun show. Hey, look for this guy. If he walks in, stop him. Don't let him in. Okay. Easy peasy. So anyways, another thing I think is we need to do mental health checks across the board. Now, this is a big one. Kind of be controversial. Some people, oh, don't take it seriously. You know, whatever. But listen to me. Seriously. Hear me when I say this. If, you, again, if you're a sm if you're a well put together, have it together, mentally inept person, Taking a mental background check, a mental health check, if you will, should not terrify you. You should just go, okay, sure, that sounds great. If it's it's again, if it's what I need to do to obtain a weapon, it's not a big deal. It's just making sure that the wrong people don't get weapons, right? People who aren't mentally handicapped, or people who, you know, maybe aren't mentally sound, you know, or maybe folks who have again convicted records or something rather. So, and some people might argue there are some of those laws in place, but they're not enforced well enough. They need to be really, at the end of the day, it's all about the almighty dollar. So if somebody's going to make a buck, they're not going to give a fuck. They're going to look the other way, you know? So looking at, 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 at how you'd break it down again, you're, you're licensing all weapons, doing a buyback program, ensuring that, you know, mental health and background checks are done for these people, and as well, guess what? If you if you own a weapon, once a year you have to complete a mental health check. 
as well as maintain your background check, which they keep up on. If you get pinged for anything, any kind of felony, anything, they red flag you. They're going to come to your home and ask for whatever weapon you have been registered with because you have a license for said weapons. They're going to keep track of it, okay? So that's how I think they do it, you know? And okay, now you're gonna get a you're gonna get a really great argument. Here's my favorite immediate argument, everybody. And I'm not trying to sound like some sort of in no way I believe that there is a right solution. This is just my opinion of what I suggest should happen. So that argument that you're gonna get is to to get back to that point is a very you've heard it before. Listen, man. I don't want the government to know how many guns I have. Because when the government tries to overthrow the people, I want to be ready to rebel, all right? Here's my biggest flaw with this. Or, you know, if the government wanted to kill me, I want to defend myself. If the government wants you dead, they are not going to use means that your guns will stop. They're going to go to extraordinary lengths. They're going to use drones from miles away to blow you to kingdom fucking come. So what I'm saying is you don't need weapons to prevent the the government from trying to overthrow you or to to plan to overthrow the government like that. Like, you know what's crazy to me? Here's a great example of how things are going. So right now in China, there are riots in Hong Kong. And those riots represent inequality for human rights. And one thing that's very interesting is they're all very organized. They're all very intelligent. They stick to their plan. And none of them have weapons, at least as far as I can tell. They do use things to like protect themselves, per se, but they don't have anything that crazy, okay? They don't have any guns or anything of that nature. And they're not overthrowing their government, per se, but they are resisting. And they are saying, like, hey, we don't appreciate it, you know? We're not cool with this. And, uh... Yeah, so... We, as a people, need to really think about why we need guns and also the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is written at a time when the most powerful weapons they had then, there are literally in the smallest pocket-sized weapons, more powerful weapons than old-school muskets and things of that nature. And sure, they, I mean, think about this. Okay. Abraham Lincoln was shot in the head and he died. Most people are going to go, well, he was shot in the fucking head. Of course he died. He died from infection. He didn't, the bullet didn't kill him. It wasn't strong enough to kill him. But technology and and the way that we evolve and make things better and, and continue to grow and change as a people, guns have gotten stronger. So we really all need to take a solid sound look back and go, why do we have these and what's the need? You know? Like, okay, a a great example. I'm going to tell you guys a story. This is a true story that affects me involving guns. And uh, I have a couple. Uh, One, in brief, my buddy's dad owned guns when he was growing up. My buddy's dad was also not very kind to him and screamed at him about his grades. And my buddy took his dad's shotgun and blew his head off, okay, Uh, while we were kids in high school. So... Not at school or anything. He did it at home, obviously, which is terribly tragic. But um, yeah, so guns, bad, right? There's a, there's a there's a child loss. Boom, 
like that. So then you look at a different story with guns, and this is again we're we're talking about a a, a brighter a broader scale than just mass shootings because mass shootings is like the spotlight on a much larger problem because it does weave into all the things I was talking about and 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 uh, African Americans being victims of violence or, or you know black citizens being victims of violence or um you know uh children and and women being uh, higher rated to to be victims of violence people of color more likely to be targeted in a, in a mass shooting attack um man it it feels bad to be a, an American sometimes because you're like I thought we were supposed to be great and it doesn't it doesn't really feel great it doesn't feel great getting our asses kicked in this regard when there's such a, a problem you know but this other story is a little bit different so there was a gentleman who I didn't personally know I know him through some friends through the internet and through uh, a group that I had become close with and uh, this is several years ago. He was at his friend's house. His friend was cleaning a gun. Cleaning a gun, did not know it was loaded. As he was cleaning the gun that he did not realize was loaded, it went off through a wall, killing this gentleman that I knew by proxy, dead. Boom. Just like that, a life lost, right? And an accidental gun violence. So... Again, we need to all take a really hard, long look at ourselves and be like, why do we need these? What is, what really are we doing? Like, is it for sport? Sure, I appreciate you have a shotgun in your house and your bullets are in your gun cabinet and your gun cabinet is locked and you have the key hidden in a place that only you and your wife know about or whatever. That gun is still dangerous because it is in your house and it. It's the human error. The gun, if I leave a gun in a room by itself forever, no one's going to die because of that gun. But the human element, as soon as that gets introduced, it changes everything. So again, what I, what I was saying about the how I would redo things, it is all about changing the checks and balances of things, making sure that mental health is taken more seriously, making sure we're being checked properly, background checks and otherwise being subjected to, you know, yearly, uh, maybe they could also do something where once a year your weapons have to come in for examination and the state examines everybody's guns and they just take notes. And it's, it's, it's nothing more than saying like this person's weaponry had a little bit of damage this year. It required X. We told them, you know, that their gun has this problem. They probably need to get it checked out. It might jam. Here you go. Now, they've checked the weapon. They also can keep having a sense of, you know, what people got going on and how they're being used. Wow, your gun looks really weird. It looks like it's been cleaned a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It's, uh, oh, that's weird. You're, you're being a little elusive, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. So then there's another argument with, with the, uh, you know, gun violence jazz. And that is that, well, they're just going to get them anyway, so we shouldn't, you know, we, we, we really shouldn't uh, try to reform like this. We should just leave the laws the way they are because, I mean, they're mostly working. 
but they're really not mostly working. That's a really, 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 really bad misrepresentation uh, of the facts. So, gun reform can work. And how do I know this? How, how in the world could I know this? Well, let's look to Australia. Now, in 1996, they suffered a tragedy in which 35 people died, another 23 people were wounded, known as the Port Arthur Massacre. Uh, the murderer pled guilty and was given 35 life sentences without possibility of parole. Um, so this happens, right? And as soon as it happens, as soon as it happens, they start to go into change mode. Like, wait a minute, what's happening? Down under, what's happening? So Australians reacted to the event with tons of shock and horror and the political effects were definitely felt even so this day uh the federal government led state governments some of which uh notably tasmania itself and queensland were opposed to new gun laws to severely restrict the availability of firearms concern was raised within the coalition government that fringe groups such as the aussie freedom scouts and the australian league of rights and the citizen initiated a referendum party were exploiting voter anger to gain support after discovering that Christian coalition, that the Christian coalition and U.S. National Rifle Association were supporting the gun lobby, the government and media cited their support, along with the moral outrage of the community, to discredit the gun lobby as extremists. Under the federal government's coordination, all state and territories of Australia restricted legal ownership and use of self-loading rifles, self-loading shotguns, and tightened controls on legal use by recreational shooters. The government initiated a mandatory buyback scheme with the owners paid according to the table of valuation. Some 643,000 firearms were handed in at a cost of $350 million, which was funded by a temporary increase in the Medicare levy, which raised $500 million. Media activists, politicians, and some family members of victims, notably Walter Mittak, who lost his wife and two children, spoke out in favor of the change. Much discussion has occurred to the level of Brian, of the shooter's mental health. It is generally accepted that he had a subnormal IQ, estimated at 66, and had the lowest 2% of his age group, and that the time of the offense was in uh, receipt of a disability support pension on the basis of being mentally handicapped. Uh, media reports also detailed odd, re odd behavior as a child. However, he was able to drive a car and obtain a gun despite lacking a gun license or a driver's license. This, matter this was a matter in the public debate that followed was widely regarded as the telling demonstration of the inadequacy of the nation's gun laws. So they looked at it and they said, whoa, we gave a kid with 66 IQ a gun. He didn't have a license. He obtained it however he obtained it. And he went on a spree. And they they changed, man. Their gun laws changed so much that overall in the last... So from 96 to now, that's what, 23 years. They've only had 20 shootings. 20, like, of importance, of note, shootings. Uh, that is impressive. Because they were definitely much, much more frequent. So, you, again, you look to Australia and you see that it works there. 
Now let's look at other places and see how their gun laws stack up. So I'm looking at a little flow chart here. It is essentially going to tell me we're going to look at Australia first. So Australia is our example of how gun reform can, in fact, work. So private citizens, yes, they may be issued a gun. Personal protection is a reason, no. Open carry, no. Concealed carry, no. Carry without permit, no. Fully automatic firearms may issue restricted. May issue meaning the authorities have final say in whether a person may obtain a license and or firearm. Unlimited magazine, no. Free of checks, no. Free of registration, no. Max penalty determined by the courts. And citizens cannot, uh, well, that, that, sorry, wrong, wrong color on that one. Okay. So now let's look at U.S. as the way to, you know, kind of gauge this. Here, we're going to go to the United States. Okay. So, United States, private citizen varies. Personal protection varies. Open carry varies in open carry in the United States. Um, concealed carry varies. Concealed carry in the United States. Carry without permit varies. Fully automatic firearms varies. Firearms registered before 1986. Uh, also says Firearm Owners Protection Act. Unlimited magazine varies internally. Free of checks varies internally. Free of registration varies internally. And max penalty is federal prosecution. Ten years state prosecution varies. So let's look at some other countries that we note uh, and see how some other places do it. So let's look at Russia. Some of you guys like Russia. Some of you guys think that he's helped the president out quite a bit and you're appreciating what he's done. Some of you don't like Russia, but let's look at what their gun laws are, right? So they have a private citizen, yes, may issue a gun. The, the government may issue them a gun. They also may issue it for personal protection. But they do not have open carry. They do not have concealed carry. They do not carry without permit. There are no fully automatic firearms in Russia, There's a which means there's no space for unlimited magazines. They are not. They are free of checks, no. Free of registration, eight. I don't know what eight means. Oh, eight months. Uh, so, and then the max penalty, they don't have it because they don't have issues like this, really. Uh, in Singapore, may issue restricted across the board uh, for all the previous things. They do not allow uh, no uh, permit carrying. They... Don't they do a, ma a restricted issue of the of the assault? Well, what the fully automatic firearms as they're called? So I mean, you look okay. Let's look at other places. You guys want to go around the globe? Let's look at Mexico. Okay, so here's how Mexico does it, and it's again, I I I, I see where certain places that have certain kinds of patterns of violence and and whatnot. You can tell the two big issues here are 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 the three big issues across. In, in in the run here are open carry, concealed carry, and carry without permit. If all those were no across the board in the U.S., you cannot open carry, you cannot conceal carry, and you cannot carry without a permit. End of story. Things are changing huge, and any law-abiding gun owner is not going to have a problem with this. Because guess what, guys? Again, the system has lied to you. They've said 
a good guy with a gun will always stop a bad guy with a gun. Not true. Not true. Lots of people died a couple weeks ago in these mass shootings in the U.S. And guess what? A good guy with a gun only got one of them after he had gravely injured nine folks. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know or understand why you would be against this. If you're a smart, uh, intelligent, well put together human American citizen, none of like gun reform should be a duh. Don't you want your children to be safe? Don't, wouldn't it make you feel 10 fucking million times better if you sent your kid to the first day of kindergarten going, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about them not ever coming back because they get shot to death in their school. That's awful, right? Listen to me. <laughs> like, th- th- that could happen because people are fucking insane. And it is sad. And that goes back to mental health and the mental health checks. And, you know, I really do think it needs to be done. I think that we need to, as an entire nation and maybe even as an entire planet, take mental health more seriously and say, hey, look, we're going to do extensive researching on how to test for mental health. Then we're going to f- go discuss and talk to people who we already have as mental health patients. We're going to um, have them be examined, and we're going to decide all the variables and we're going to make essentially a flow chart that says this is how you can tell the people who are mentally dangerous or who are mentally uh, unhealthy and also are dangerous and and, call, and pose threat at some point, you know, or because of how they are mentally unstable or unwell, any one thing could set them off. So them having a firearm is probably not the best decision, right? So I just... I really do think mental health needs to be considered more. Some people might think that's a little bit foolish or a little bit green of me or, you know, childish, naive to think. But it really does have bearing. And I think that really, and we're going to go back, mental health would cure another problem in our country or at least help us to identify it. Because I believe that there are some people who are subjected or influenced to so easily to believe one way or the other in any given situation and not look at what what all the possibilities are you know so i uh i think that i just we need as i gather my thought here we need to be more comprehensive in considering that mental health is an issue like we have a mental health epidemic in our country where people are i mean you you guys heard the the statistics 22,000 suicides more suicides than homicides per year because of guns i mean i didn't make that stat up it's not something that i just uh whipped out of my ass you know so we got to do better in that regard, for sure. And and I'm sure there are other ways that we could, you know, determine mental health 
ineptitude. But if you can... Again, people who are mentally inept can be susceptible to things. And not everybody is like fully um, incapable of understanding or has a really deep learning disability, but they're just born less intelligent. Fact. So when you see things like the rise of racism in our country and the rise of hate in our country, I think that you look at the overall scenario and you say it, it is because of how the system is created and it is because they do intentionally put wedges in between our cultures and our people in this country to keep us from one common goal. But also, it, uh, you know, the racism and stuff can seep into people who are easily influenced. And they think that there's a good cause, or they hear the right, it could just, it could just be the right singular phrase that turns them on and says, man, like, I like what this guy's talking about. So you're hearing this guy talk, and you like what he talks about, and before you know it, he's doing things that are racist. He's weaponizing racism. You're influenced to doing the same thing. And then when you're arguing your cause, because everybody's too proud to admit they're wrong, if somebody brings up something about your person... You are becoming racist, and don't and, you, and 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 your darkness comes out just because you start to defend your your opinion, your your viewpoint is um, well, it's dinged as it were because it's skewed from what most people experience. See, I might have grown up in a small town, but it was kind of diverse. And, you know, I had an opportunity, I think, at one point in my life to actually become a really racist person. I was in a situation, being in that situation, I was um, targeted by a person, attacked blindly. They attacked me from behind. Uh, They slammed my head into a locker so much so that it dented all the way in. Uh, I was rendered you know, useless. I was not unconscious. I was kind of blacked out for a second. I mean, I felt the pain, and then I was crying a lot because I was hurting, and I didn't really know what had happened. Um, and that attack was actually by the only kid in our school who was African-American. And I could have been a total douche, man. And I could have said mean things. I could have said the N-bomb and done all that. And I was just more like, why did you attack me? That was so mean, you know? And I even made amends with that person at some point in my life and just moved on, you know? And, and it never it never held any bearing on me that that person, like, like, the person who attacked me happened to, at that time, because of our small town, be identified as the only African-American kid, African-American kid in our school. However, doesn't matter. Could have been done by anybody. And it was done by him. So uh, you as a person have an opportunity to look at a person's skin color and just go, hey, you're a person, I'm a person, we're all people. Fuck it. 
Like we don't need to, we don't need to be divided because it's not working. It's not helping out at all. So I've given you guys a little bit of some of the, of the country's different gun laws, you know, I mean, even in China, it's super limited. The, um, the, uh, although the law provides a possibility of obtaining necessary licensing and permits in reality, these are rarely or almost never issued. That's in China where they may issue restricted, but there are no open carries, no concealed carries, no carrying without a permit, no, uh, fully automatic firearms or magazine limits or free checks or anything. Uh, they will pin your ass to the wall. They don't play there. Um, you know, interestingly enough, like Egypt has some lax laws too. Uh, the laws vary like around the globe really substantially. And it's interesting also to note that you can look on the map and you can see countries that like don't even have guns. Like they don't even, they don't even recognize as having weapons because they just don't, you know, they just, they, they are, they are a no bullshit nation. And, uh, it's hard. I look, I get it. I, I do get it. I understand that some people enjoy competitive shooting and whatnot, and that's fine. Again, if you're a law abiding citizen, it shouldn't matter. If you are good intentioned, it shouldn't matter. You know, some people might say, do you think that people who, uh, have guns should do a drug test? Yeah, actually I do. But I do want to say that I don't think cannabis should be considered on that drug test. And I do believe that monitoring blood alcohol levels of people who are, um, you know, maybe have had a DUI on their record, need to be a little bit more closely viewed as well. There are a lot of little variables you could look at that would cause for certain, you would just make it like a part of the bill that would say under the, you know, under the El Paso agreement, every, you know, person is going to be susceptible to this drug test and alcohol testing at random. If we call you in, you come in, you give us what you need or what we need and we just check you and make sure you're all right and it might not ever happen it might happen once but then that allows you to utilize looking at how again we view all the people your mental health because they might give somebody who is man their mental health like maybe was two points off and they said well they were 98% good but that 2% is low but we we do want to maybe put a little flag on that person just to check and have, you know, in their contract. Because you could always set that up too where manual cleanings at, 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 at government facilities or whatever, again, with your weaponry. So they have to be checked in and back out. I think it could work. It doesn't sound like a lot of work. Sure. But it could create a lot of revenue too because, again, you could be creating a whole industry that is leading gun reform and change. So I teased it earlier, and before we get into our final topic, which is kind of a, a throwback to the poor 360 episode I recently did where we were discussing the Democratic candidates, we're going to be discussing them again, but we're going to be discussing specifically who's left standing and what their opinions on gun reform are, because we're talking about that today. So violence in video games, myths, facts, and unanswered questions 
First of all, let me give my personal opinion that I don't believe that violence in video games can lead a person to severely injure a person. I think that video games are a great outlet and an opportunity for people to escape. And usually you find that people who are video gaming aren't likely shooting a place up. They aren't likely losing their minds. Now there was the rare instance, I think, in somewhere in Florida, Daytona, Florida maybe, where there was like the Madden shooter. That guy went in during a Madden tournament. He was mad he lost and he shot a bunch of people and shit. It was very sad. But like that's an isolated incident that's kind of different as opposed to, and, and again, does violence in video games need to be something that's considered like, are you a video gamer? Yeah, okay, well, what kind of video games do you play? And if all the motherfucker plays Call of Duty, you might want to consider not giving him an actual gun, you know, because he might be a little more dangerous than you recognize in his head. Who knows? Maybe not. You know, again, there are ways we are evolving as a country and tests are evolving as a country. So I don't think, honestly, that violence in video games leads people to murder. I think that violence in video games can be a healthy outlet. It can also be silly. I mean, there is the game Injustice. It's a fighting game, DC versus like, uh, I can't remember. It's like Mortal Kombat characters or something. Whatever it is, I don't remember. But it's kind of bloody and gory in some spots, and it can also incite like laughter just because of how stupid and silly and zany it looks and you know people aren't playing it going oh man that's realistic looking blood there we got to make sure you know like they aren't they're not doing that at all they're not focused on that so with video games sure there have been video games that have been extraordinarily violent there have been video games that push the bounds as video games will do because they are this contemporary medium and they are setting their own bounds and still trailblazing in that industry. And I mean, they have created regulations of sorts. Um, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because obviously I know it's, you know, here's some, here, but here's some stats tied to, here are some stats tied to violence and uh, video games. Uh, so... Myths and facts, violent video game research has yielded very mixed results. Fact, some studies have yielded non-significant video game effects, and some just smoking studies failed to find a significant link to lung cancer. But one combines all relevant empirical studies using meta-analytical techniques. Five separate effects emerge with considerable consistency. Violent video games are significantly associated with increased aggressive behavior, thoughts, and effects, increased psychological logical arousal and decreased prosocial behavior average effect size for experimental studies uh were they varied myth two: the studies that find significant effects on the weakest mythological uh, are the uh, oh the studies that find significant effects are the weakest methodologically Fact, methodology methodologically stronger studies have yielded the largest effects anderson and press uh, thus, earlier effect size estimated based on all video game studies probably underestimated the actual effect size. So th- these people kind of are suggesting it could be possible. See, that's what's interesting is, is that there are some things that could lead teens to that path, but there are other things that 
okay. If you have a kid who you know plays violent video games, he's a little overly aggressive, he's a little too happy with weapons and whatnot, put those all together. They're going to lead you one direction to the possibilities. And when you look at the possibilities, you think about, well, is it the violent video game that's giving him the opportunity, or is it the fact that there's a weapon in his home, or is it the fact that he has a friend who he knows he can obtain a weapon from, is the video game the reason he decided to do the shooting? No. Did it increase his behavioral abilities or his considering he had some form of marksmanship? Sure, he might think that. But shooting a gun in a real-life scenario and playing a video game are very different. They're not the same. I mean, you got to be really real with yourselves here to recognize that they, I mean, they're not the same. So I'm going to close on violence in video games and say I don't I don't think that in my opinion they really you know I don't really think they are the main attribute for mass shootings. So another thing I think that they need to do away with is lobbying. And I think that there's one humongous name that you guys are obviously going to be discussing and talking about when you say the word lobbying as it is concerned with guns. And that is the NRA, the National Rifle Association. These guys are crooks, man. Like, for real. If they weren't there saying you need to register your weaponry with us or whatever the little become a member of the NRA is, like, and it was done professionally and above board... I think that things could be better, especially if the NRA wasn't lobbying to ensure that certain laws don't get put in place because it would affect their sales. The bottom line on a human life should never be the dollar. It should it should be the human life, right? Life is important. And lack thereof is tragic. So it's a simple calculus. You start to eliminate the ways that you um, can have these things happen. Some people would say, well, well, man, you could just drive a car into a bunch of people. Yeah, you could do a lot of crazy things, and I'm sure people do a lot of crazy things. But those stats aren't blowing up and dwarfing every other country in the world. I mean, it's not even a, it's not even close. Americans, more Americans die. I mean, doesn't that affect you? Do, doesn't isn't there any part of you that goes, I don't care if you're blue or red, man. You're, you're a fellow human and you're out there dying. That's not okay. When do we all pick each other up by the bootstraps and say, Hey, man, you're okay. Like you got this. You can get through, and believe in each other. Because if we created a society on believing in each other and not battling against each other. If we created a society that took mental health seriously, there are so many things, I'm telling you, that could be done to improve our way of living and improve our opportunities moving forward. All right, folks. I think this is enough gun talk for the day. It's been a kind of heavy episode. I've thrown a lot of stuff at you guys. I hope you appreciated hearing any of it. 
you know, my opinion stands that we do need massive change of gun reform in this nation. There are a lot of things and a lot of factors that prevent that and a lot of things that light and people are going to battle and say they're going to get the guns anyways and all this. Yeah, well, you can say that. I think this is the one time where you don't just open, I mean, if well, everybody should have a gun. That's not the right answer either. That's the worst answer. Like, no. Because the problem is, is that humans all are passionate. And I've seen it, man. I've seen people just out and about in the world to hear somebody say something shitty to them. And they just snap, scream, go off, get in a person's face, start a fight. They don't have that, just brush it off. They're too prideful. And then their passion kicks in. They give everybody a gun and bullets. God damn, our nation wouldn't last six months. We'd all fucking, we'd all be pool blood. Every last one of us, every one of us would fall that way if that was the case. So I think that things need to change. I believe that gun reform needs to happen. I think that the next president needs to really, really consider how much needs to be done about this and take dramatic, lasting, unending um, measures to ensure that these things don't happen again. I mean, wouldn't it be something if in the United if in the United States of America in 2021 there were something like 32 murders and 32 deaths instead of it being, you know, whatever it is in the uh, 250 some odd mass shootings and 17,000 people dead or 14,000 people dead? It's just like that stuff has to be eliminated because. We're better than that. Our values as a country used to be that we would pick up our fellow man and we were all in it together and we would all try together and we were a country of immigrants that took land away from people who actually lived here who just had a different principle and set of values on how you live. And, um, you know, cultural appropriation begins. But uh, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Voice of Survival. It's been Season 2, Episode 16. As always, I am your host, Nate. I want you guys to just be well to each other. Really consider what I said today. Take it to heart, man. You don't need weapons of, of, of any kind to protect your family, per se. You know, just locks on your fucking doors and cameras and extra locks and just take care of each other. That's where I'm in in this show. I'm Nate. This is Voice Survival. Out.